You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, this is a Saturday afternoon episode of Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garacci. I'm Alex Bashir. They don't care what day it is. Yeah, for me, it's nice. It's pleasant. Just woke up from a nap. A nap? Uh, oh. Yeah. I need, I need Morning, that. sunshine. Yeah, I'm, I'm awake. I'm awake. Uh, we have in studio Joey Rinaldi. Welcome, Joey. Hey, guys. Hey, Joey. That intro gave me chills. I was like, whoa. Uh, you have uh, Alex- the intro theme. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, this is intense. I felt like some I was of like, my best work. Literally before a basketball game, we played that warm up music to get you pumped. Yeah, that's what like- we. Do. That's yeah. why. We, that's literally why we do it. It's yeah, I warm-up. was like, the vibe in this room just changed because that's of our warm up music, music, baby. I love it. No, I believe you were saying, "How do we start?" And I just press play, just and press then you were like, "Wow, dude, I'm in a trance." Yeah, that's how the magic happens. Well, thank you, Joey. Um, you're wearing a Captain Crunch shirt. Uh, I'm a very silly person. I li- well, you are. <laughs> I, <laughs> you are a very silly person, but I, I, I like the shirt. Thank um, you. We were talking about a bunch of stuff before uh, before we started, but the movie. Uh, so, the, so tell, tell the people about what movie you picked and uh, why. National Lampoon's Vacation, like the original one. There, the- there's only a real one. There is no. There's a bunch of other ones. A Peter, one of the Peter Garacci rules is there is no the other one. Good. There's That's only terrible. There's role. only <laughs> there's only Total Recall. There's only the thing. You know what I mean? There's no. I never saw the remake of Total Recall, but there's I just no reason to. I just rewatched the the OG. The, yeah, Total Recall, as you would say, fucking great. It's amazing. It's we amazing. did it. We did it on the show. Oh, I gotta listen to it. Um, that's an episode where we barely talked about the movie, though. Yeah, it <laughs> we is. should maybe re- we could revisit that movie. Uh, I'm uh, down. Yeah, so there is only National Lampoon's Vacation. So and this uh, is it. So I have a very funny story about why how I when I first watched this movie. I actually didn't watch it growing up. My first time watching it was for a job. I used to uh, work for Pop TV. Oh, I think you told me this. Yeah, 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 and it was my job to like watch the movies and make so when, when a tv channel plays a movie they have to like sh- cut it down to like a certain time like we'd only play like 50 minutes of it or whatever yeah well like, not 50 minutes but you know to like add with commercial breaks and whatnot and take out the nudity so it'd be my job to be the first person to watch it and be like we should take that out we can cut there we can cut there and all the movies they made us watch were so bad like i would watch um anaconda yeah uh, i would watch like uh, i know what you did last summer the second one like i still know like this is the mm. worst movies and then finally, after months of shitty movies, they they pick vacation. I'm like, this is incredible. Wait, so you? But they, what would they do? They they were like a service hired by the TV channel to edit the movies. Uh, well, I would just work for the TV channel, and so they play movies on. Like you know, how, like wait, what's what? Well, what's Pop TV? It's a channel. It's like if you if you pay for like expensive oh. cable, if you buy all the channels. Pops one of the channels that you can get. Oh, so so each channel edits the movies individually? Yeah. I always thought that it was just like, this is the edited version of this movie, and then that's what plays on television. I didn't know that each channel could edit oh, no. so, it. So there is that. Like, you do buy like the, the edited version, but let's say um, so many of our sponsors need to pay, play commercials from like 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and oh, the movie, you cut out even more. We cut out even more so the advertisers no can get their ads shit. on. That's why, like, sometimes you'll watch movies on TV and be like, what happened to that scene? Well, it's, it's funny because I noticed it, um, uh, like, First Blood. Uh, not, I'm sorry, uh, 
uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2, my favorite scene in the movie is the scene where he's like getting the gear together. And he's like putting the knife away and checking his guns. And I watched it on TV and they cut that fucking – cut I was it like, out. Are you kidding me? Oh, dude. Also, those conversations are so hectic. Like I'd be at the wall being like, you can't edit that out. Like fucking listen to me. And they'd be like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. And, and it was like the intense negotiations to get like a millisecond in or out of a movie. So you ruined this movie basically because my favorite part of the movie is Beverly Delano's tits. Her, dude. I want to talk about that. The tits in this movie are so unnecessary. This movie does not need any nudity but that's whatsoever. The 80s. They, they they had a throw in. What they would do is they would throw in tits early. Yeah. And then you wouldn't see tits again and you'd be watching the rest of the movie thinking there was going to be another scene. There's there's a million 80s movies where there's there's a top of scene within the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. Of course. And you're like, oh, it's going to happen again, and it never happens again. I'm so offended, actually, that we don't see Christy Brinkley's boobs. That's kind of the point, though. <laughs> that's the point? No, I mean, that's, I mean, that was, you would, because the whole movie is like, oh, she's Christy Brinkley, it's a model, I gotta blah, see blah, blah, tits, gotta see them. I mean, you know, it, I, I, I was never expecting Do you think it. it's, uh, do you, are you, does it make you sad? Because I, I, I didn't live through the 80s. So, and, you know, for the most part in my, like, pre uh, post-puberty years, I've had internet porn. So, like, to me, I don't really, I don't, and I assume to Joey as well, who's a similar age to me, we don't, like, it was, it's not that big a deal to see a naked woman I cannot disagree with you more. Oh. There's something, because in a Wait, movie, yeah. you're getting a character. You're, you're getting this okay. person. All right. and, and it's like you're getting emotional with her. You're, like, you're going through no, all this I, journey. <laughs> and then it, right. it's like... Seeing the tits of, of a girl that you know, it's like oh, no, it's I, definitely so, not that. It's it's not that cool. It's so it can be. So, oh, it can be. It's wow. funny because I've actually, I love the stories. I I've love- actually been listening to a lot of different like takes on this. <laughs> we we our our culture has been pornified. Like everything is. They're using like porn phrases in like advertising you notice like yeah yeah cum shot i saw recently in an advertising it's what? one fucking believe yeah. cum shot in i have yeah. i don't want to like i have a friend who's involved up. with what it was the advertising uh it was uh i forget it was All on right. the subway though cum dude the subway has some come on cum shot spelled cum yeah dude. no fucking way dude and also this the subway dude has some fucked up advertising there's like this back massager where the picture of this girl taking this back massage like right on her hip yeah near it's her vagina. everything it's, it's so sexual there are some theories that like it's all the the access to porn is actually to make us more docile and like more it's like a, it's like psyops it's working i feel like it is idiot. it is working <laughs> so when i was like it was hard it wasn't hard to see it was hard, boobs. but it was compared a, to today. It was a pleasant surprise, and it was exciting. I, I think I said one time I was like, I'm almost like tired of cleavage, which is like I've seen so much cleavage now that it's like I need to see it, it's and everything has to be ramped up right now. It's like fucking like incest porn. Oh, it's like dude. I I need to see under boob just to get excited now because like regular cleavage like doesn't even do it anymore. Well, but when I was a kid, like I've seen, listen, I've seen a lot of boobs. There has never been a time when boobs make an appearance that I don't get excited. Like every time a tit comes out, it's an exciting moment. <laughs> and in a way, you guys are being cheated out of the beauty of that. There's I don't never seems like cheated. Joey doesn't. Yeah, Joey's got an old the, soul. It's the emotional. It's the emotional. It's the emotional story arc that I love. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I I will say I enjoyed all of the nudity in this film, and I I I, I didn't expect it either. <laughs> the the jokes and the comedy are much more tame than the nudity because the nudity is like. Full on, like five, six seconds, well, well, like the at a time. that's the part. They had scenes with boobs, and then the fight scene between um, yeah. the, the husband and wife, like, she says, like, I'm so mad at you. And then he goes, 
don't say something and I regret. And I'm like, yeah. She didn't say she anything. She didn't say anything. <laughs> and then at one point in this movie, he says, God damn it. And then someone goes, language. Yeah. And you're well, just like, that's a curse word? Back then, like, it, it was. I know. That's but, another thing about like the coarsening of our cultures. Like, what counts? But co- come on, damn it. Wait, I, I know a, we're going all over the place, but that scene made me think of, of, of Aunt, what's her name? Fuck. Uh, the Aunt, Aunt, uh, Aunt uh, Oh, what's in the, the movie? Aunt Edna? Yeah. I'm going to just bring this up because you made me think of it. Isn't it crazy that that car took so much of a beating? Well, yeah. And then she dies just, oh, she's dead in the backseat. The crazy car accident didn't kill her, but just casually driving, she dies? When you're old, if you're, you get that, like my great-grandmother died of like a stiff breeze. Like when you get to that age, you just, you just but, go when you're going to go. But what I'm saying is she was in the car for some crazy-ass shit. They fucking like jumped over a thing. And, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. And that didn't kill her. She, what killed her? Oh, like a speed bump? Like what the f- so I this was one of my favorite movies of my childhood, and I I'm I, like I'm, I'm thinking about it. It's like it's up there with. It had to be. It was like this Goonies. There was like a couple of movies that I saw a million times, and I think I saw it. I saw the edited version a long time. I didn't get a lot of the jokes because I was a kid. Yeah, they're adult. And, and they're then so I, quick. And then movies. I saw Beverly D'Angelo's tits one time. And then every other time I saw the edited version, it made me angry. Yeah. Like I was so ready to see – and she's so hot. But she's, she's hot in like a classic – like you believe her as the mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because Chevy's pretty good looking back yeah, then. Yeah, so Chevy Chase yeah. was like a, a star. He's a star. And one thing that made me really – I actually IMDb'd everybody. I'm older than everybody in this movie except Aunt Edna, which is really You're old. No, and Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase is exactly 40 in this movie. Oh, in this movie. Yeah, oh, I'm saying okay. at, no, at, not now, asshole. Yeah, at the fucking time like, of the yeah. fucking movie. Yeah, Alex, you and me were like, yeah, fuck we both, we both you're like, like, Chevy Chase has got a good what, 10 years on you, you is, fucker. He's like 80 years old. <laughs> what is your secret, Peter? <laughs> Avoiding adult responsibility. Wait, so you're older than everyone. So you were older than Chevy in this movie. No, I'm exactly the same age as him. Wow. Eugene Levy is 39 in this fucking movie. <laughs> so I, this was a huge part of my – I love this movie, and I, I hadn't seen it in, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years. It's The jokes are fucking – They're so yeah, It's funny, good. subtly funny. It's literally – um, I mean it's written by John Hughes, who, who we talked about it? a lot. Yeah, yeah. Directed by Harold Ramis, only the second movie he directed. He's another one of my – Favorite. Not so much as a director, but as as a writer, Harold Ramis is fucking one of the great comedy minds of all time. And um, you're looking at me like you don't know who Harold Ramis is. We don't. You, you don't know. Uh, who, uh, oh my god! So Egon, have you seen the, have you seen the Ghostbusters? Uh, yeah, yeah. The the real. I know you're a Ghostbuster like yeah. Fanatic. So Egon, the uh, the nerdy Ghostbusters with the glasses, that's Harold Ramis. Oh, of course. But he was I love mo- that guy. But he was mostly a writer director. So he did. Uh, of course. Groundhog Day. One of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's, an, um, of fucking, ever. it's his masterpiece. He directed Caddyshack. He was uh, Caddyshack's and nudity in Caddyshack and Vacation make no sense. Yeah, yeah. You, well, just, well, you would have so this, this movie is so irrelevant to the movie. So the road trip movie is the perfect comedy movie because it's it's sketches. Every new destination is a sketch. So this movie is like, a, and we talked about this when we talked about Caddyshack. It, it was kind of hard. It, it took a while for '80s movies to figure out how to create a comedy movie that wasn't one sketch after another and actually had a cohesive story. And I think Ghostbusters is like the, the masterpiece the of that. This movie is kind of in that transition, but it's the perfect genre for it because it's, you know, every city is a, is a new sketch, but the family is like well fleshed out. It's really the arc of the, of the, the movie characters is perfect. And, and, they, strong, yeah. and I, they just nail every 
freaking joke. Like, I love that they start out with uh, so much luggage on the car, and then just as the movie goes on, it just gets lower yeah, and lower. Yeah. You can pinpoint how far away they are based on how much luggage is on the yeah. car. They also, uh, there's a lot of visual gags totally. that, that are not even spoken. Oh, in dude. So it's, many. It's like, these are, like, this is, to me, comedy peaked at, from like 75 to 85. <laughs> well, let's, 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 like, let's t- hold like our te- Television and movie comedy, it, like, this is, this okay, is. Okay, maybe that. The because because this, this was the same mainstream movie comedy. Year, um, Airplane came out. Uh, no, this is years later. Airplane, oh, okay. I think, is like seventy. But again, yeah. it's, 80, in that, it's, it's in that it's window. 80. So you have 79. the National Lampoon is created. Um, you have like you know, it, but it was like Second City had been around for a little while. You had like literally SNL scoops up like an entire group of people and creates SNL with them. Like Chevy Chase, Gilda Radner, John Belushi, Dan Eck. They were all together in Chicago doing sketch comedy. And SNL said, oh, we have a TV show. We're going to hire all of you. So they were all like, it was like, an, there's a book. I didn't They're read the whole so book. Good. There's a book about all the founding history. of SNL yeah. that's about how the like, comedy was sort of incubated because they all like lived together. They were hanging out with each other. They were doing drugs with each other, whatever. But they were like, and, and it's funny because Bill Murray was kind of the outcast and he's the one guy who didn't get hired for SNL. Chevy Chase was the star of SNL, leaves SNL, and Bill Murray takes Chevy Chase's place. So Chevy Chase is on his, like, I'm a movie star run. So I'm the biggest Chevy Chase fan. I, I hate all the haters. I love Chevy Chase. He has so many haters, and I don't know why. Well, well because he's, he was a nightmare to work with. Yeah, he was I, I a love it. to everybody. When you're a star, you got to be a nightmare sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, those assholes shouldn't have gotten in Chevy's way. What Chevy oh, Jesus does, Christ. What Chevy does is fucking beautiful, and in this movie, he... He has me rolling the whole oh, movie. He, and, this and is the perfect. I love how bad the acting. It's almost like the acting is supposed to be bad. Like well, when he's talking to his son, it's so not genuine. And it's so perfect and funny. Well, and, the reason why it's not is because the character is designed in this movie is probably the most unredeeming piece of shit of all no, time. But, and I was telling he's, you, no, he's not redeeming. And and I, I actually <laughs> made a couple of notes. At the movie, it feels it's intentionally, through skits and sketches, trying to show you that Chevy Chase is not a good person. He's not, dude. What did she weigh, 100 pounds? He doesn't on the roof. How much does she weigh, 100 pounds? Let's put her on the roof. Let's put her on the roof. She doesn't, he doesn't, <laughs> listen. Yeah. He, no, he is funny to us. He's, he's a trying to nightmare sleep. to the people in this film. On a hold on, hold on. He, Sorry, you're saying he's not a good... He, he doesn't the, remember his daughter. The anymore. concept of this movie... <laughs> and your sister, is, 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 Audrey. Nobody <laughs> wants to go on this vacation. Nobody wants to go in a car at all. They don't his want to go wife, on an airplane. His beautiful, sexy, loving, like, like gets cheated on but doesn't care wife is... I don't fucking, believe that for a second. He goes in there and he goes, hold, are you hold mad on, at hold, me? hold on, hold on. We'll get to that. I'm Point sorry. is... They all go, all right, we'll do this for him. We'll get in this car for him. But he doesn't even listen to them. In the beginning, he doesn't listen to them. They're like, we want to go on a plane. He's like, what? Nonsense. Plane. We're going across the country in the car. That's the whole point. And and everyone else is right about the problems that are going to come. They all know they're coming. (laughs) And he creates all of them, and he doesn't care. And he's a piece of – he's just a bad person. But here's the thing. I I like the film, and he's very funny. But, I mean, to to say that he's a redeeming character is – He's not. He doesn't have one shred of decency. But I will say this. I was telling telling Alex this before. It's so bad, but there's like a small, small, like evil part of me that like sees myself in Chevy Chase's character in this movie because there's a lot of times where I'm like – 
guys, we're all going to this to this thing tonight. We're all going. Yeah, and nobody's on board. And no one's on board. But then, like, I manifested, and as we're going, I realized this is a bad idea. But since I already told them we were going, I'm like, I gotta convince myself and them that we're doing this. That's a bad spot, man. You don't want to be you that actually, guy. Alex, you actually. I just had a moment. Like you actually had me reevaluating something, and I thought it's because so thank you. Uh, so thank you. so this this movie John Hughes wrote this. It was based on he actually wrote a short story that was submitted to National Lampoons, and that's what like started his comedy career. He was like an advertising. I guy. heard you say that actually. Yeah. Before. So he and and the thing is with Hughes and with Harold Ramis and a lot of these guys that are in this comedy world, the comedy comes from the outsider sticking it to the system or to the man whether it's stripes or ghostbusters or any of these movies the joke is on the 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 suit you know you watch trading places and eddie murphy like you know he he fools these rich guys and it makes them look like idiots so but chevy chase grew up like like a patrician like rich white guy yeah so he's the outsider in that in that world and in this movie all of the jokes are on him Yes, the car salesman is take is making Take a fool of him. The yeah. mechanic is making a fool of him. Yep. The guy at the campgrounds, who's Brian Doyle Murray, who's Bill Murray's <laughs> brother, who I fucking love. At every turn, the joke is that he's a fucking schmuck. And what and what do you find out? Like three quarters, of the way, he's he's like a he's a a food food additive executive. <laughs> so he's wealthy. He has money. They live in the Chicago I, suburbs. I love when the wife is at the phone booth yeah. being like. She calls him a genius. Yes. Part of his description, if you're looking for a dead body, this is what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have, you, have you found my husband in the desert? He, he's a food additive, additive executive. <laughs> genius. genius. But uh, yeah, so like, I, I didn't think about it that way. But it's true, it's true that at every turn, the joke is on. And then yes. and, and we, we should talk. We can walk through the beats of the movie. But you, you know, the, the movie is clearly, it, it's a simple. And again, this is how comedy should be done. What's the story? Family drives cross country on vacation, hijinks ensue. That's all you need. If you can't describe a comedy movie in that amount of words, then your plot is too complicated. And I think the the ultimate um like defining moment of who he is and the what the movie's about is when like the Walt Disney esque guy yeah. uh, comes down Wally. there. And, Roy and, Wally. and he's told and he's t- and like he says to Wally all summer, my kids have said they want to go, and he points to his son and he goes, "Hawaii." Yeah, and, and that's like that's the whole movie, and that's what you were saying. Yeah, he before. never pays attention doesn't to his pay. kids. It doesn't. It's but not about is, them. It's about him. Yeah, but he says the reason they're going on the court yeah. because because on airplanes you can't really talk to people. At least in the car, I can get to know the kids. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't. It's, yeah, he, he tries doesn't getting give a blowjob. He tries getting a blowjob. Yeah, he, more. Oh my god, dude, he tries getting a blowjob. He. Doesn't give a shit about his wife. Right. He <laughs> couldn't care less. And he's like, uh, uh, he's a, he's just like a pushover to everyone else that's outside of in, his family. In many ways, Clark Griswold is my hero. Like this is like I'm like looking. I'm like this could this is this is an alternative universe for me. Like you, where, this is one you of want those, to be a food out of it. This is uh, like wife wearing pink Lacoste shirts. Yeah, and, go, and, so, and having a good jo- stumbling his way through life, succeeding. Because so, yeah, just, somehow just getting a bunch of money well, here, just because. Here's the thing. This is the kind of movie that makes our political divide, and when I say our, I mean Peter and I's, just just go a little bit further because this is like the ultimate like white privilege <laughs> well, it's gener- male. It's generational. Film. No, I well it, yeah, but it it highlights some values and maybe some prejudices scene. that exist in or at least existed in culture. Maybe they don't yeah. exist anymore. Maybe they do. I'm just saying. Uh, 
I if you watch it and you don't notice that that I I don't think we're gonna agree. Because if lot. he was a black dad, he would have been arrested. So I fast. mean, immediately. Immediately, this guy's a criminal. And also, how, how do they he's let him? The, the worst guy of all and time. How do they and, let him put his arm around Walt no, Disney? I mean, he they put his. He, oh yeah, the cops are like real chill about he, him taking him aside. Yeah. Oh, you mean domestic terrorism? Yeah, the, the fucking yeah, you SWAT mean the team. felony he commits at the end like, of this movie. Like we're only gonna give you five minutes, though. I like that his back. wife. I like that his wife and kids are in handcuffs, but Clark just has hands free, yeah, grabbing yeah. the guy, making jokes, being like, oh, he's, he's like, he's like nice family. They hold up their, <laughs> their hands, handcuffed together. <laughs> let's start at the beginning, though. All right, so the, all right, let's just yeah. Sorry it. for all that. I remember, like, I literally, and also I'm not like a bleeding heart liberal. No, I just, no, well, <laughs> no I, just I, say I, that. I get it, dude. I think, you're no, intensely liberal. We, you're vegan. I'm not at all. You're no. a vegan, dude. I get it. Why, we're all so loud. How dare you? We all have such like like voices that carry. We're Italian, and we're loud, and we're Italian, and we're all fucking being loud and heated, which is I love. And what but, did you uh, say, Joey? Sounds like before this, <laughs> he could he could um be a Muppet. Like if they waka, ever waka, if they waka. ever do like uh or yeah, you got like a, there's a Muppet, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Or a guy that works down by the docks. You call okay. me a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a fucking retard that works. <laughs> no, like a, team, a teamster, like from the fucking Wait, docks. You, what I, is a teamster? You know, I do you know I don't know how to team swim. Is like, no, it's a fucking union guy. They're the yeah, guys. So they're the guy that guy. drive, Wait, I drive a, trucks. I have, a, I have a job. Hey, that's Jimmy good. Hoffa. It was a head of the Teamsters Union. Oh, I don't know. You never heard of team? That's this is a generational thing. I've heard of Teamster. I've never really understood even on a mo- even on a movie set they have teamsters the guy who dri- the guys who drive the trucks on whatever it is <laughs> yeah the guys who don't know you know no, about, they, know, they know about everything they're yeah, the yeah. ones that know everything yeah yeah fuck you yeah, yeah you really could <laughs> you're a teamster but you don't you know the work you know, ethic you, of a teamster you start out so like comic in the sorry the, i'm sweet the Joy Rinaldi story is like you started out like like delivering packages for like the head of the teamsters and then you like he's like listen i like you Joey no I'm man Joey I'm going to teach you and then you're like the driver you're his personal driver, and then you. Do you, I get to run in with the mob at all? They're like run hey, in hey. with. Do you see what I'm going? How Italian are you? <laughs> run in with the mob. Yeah, he's what very you, Italian. What, 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 no, am, I, am I not allowed to say that? Is that no? Is that I'm just saying as if like it's like it's. I'm, I'm describing that world already. <laughs> like, gonna, okay. Yeah, but he's, well, he's a teamster. <laughs> Hey, I'm clean. I want as, clean money. I don't like that dirty money. As far as you know, there's no such thing as a mob. It was invented by TV and movies. Yeah, but aren't you from Connecticut? But you sound like this. Uh, so I was I was explaining this to you. So I'm from Connecticut. All four of my siblings, I have five, five, there's five of us, four of my siblings all sound like they're from Connecticut. But my mom... Yeah. Smoked like, cigarettes when she was pregnant <laughs> with you. My, mo- my mom's from Howard B. Queens. And, and you can ask... Any of my siblings, I was the one who's coddled the most as a kid. Okay, like I was the mama's boy. Are you, yeah. the, ba- are you the baby? Uh, baby boy. I have a little sister, but then okay. they don't care. Yeah. You know? It's an Italian like, family. She, she was an accident. They were like, oh, do I really have to raise you too? <laughs> and uh, so my mom, I was the most coddled. I think because I had the most FaceTime with my mom, I just got her accent. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And she tries to tell people, no, it's a speech problem he has. And I'm like, no, it's your problem. You gave me this. Wait, she shits on you for talking just, like her? <laughs> yes, because she doesn't think she talks like that. She, but like, she does. She thinks she sounds like a real Connecticut lady. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> a lack of self awareness is like a staple of Italian motherhood. <laughs> yeah, totally. that's true. That's totally. True. Um, I, I mean, I, my, I have a whole bit also, about how my mom, like, is, when it, when it comes to her kids, she like knows what she, she knows, knows what's, everything. She knows what's yeah. wrong with you, but she doesn't know how anything fits a, a, in relation to anybody else. So she, I'm sure your mother has no. 
This no, no idea that it might hurt your feelings. That <laughs> she shits on the way you talk. No, but the thing is, like, she would like try to get me help. She's like, we gotta get this kid help. And I'm oh, like, God. and like sometimes people would be like, oh, I think he's fine. And then she'd be like, we gotta see a different doctor. Then I don't trust that doctor. Oh, and then I would see multiple doctors, and they'd be like, yeah, I think he's fine. You, goes, you drew out like your family grew up pretty well off. Uh, yeah, uh, like Connecticut, Connecticut, or like the Connecticut people don't really realize it's Connecticut. No, I would say like Connecticut, Connecticut. So like, you're like you're like the Chevy Chase of. Of fucking forties teamsters. Maybe and that's why guy, I love Chevy Chase. You're the so guy I'm who like, like you like. Do you hear that? Yeah, it's fine. It's just the headphone. People are like, yo, not, yo, yeah. did you hear Joey grew up rich in Connecticut? Nah, I don't believe it. Yeah, listen to the way he talks. That's it. It's true. It's funny. <laughs> well, I, 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 my family did not was never like those people. I, right. I feel like we were not raised like that at all. Because you're Italian. Yeah, we're Italian. Italian is Italian. You can't, you can't, you, it, can, you can only wash Italian so much. Yeah. And, and like, my parents weren't born in Connecticut. My dad's from New Jersey. My mom's from Howard Beach. So. Yeah. We, we brought a little sauce monkeys. <laughs> sauce monkeys. No, they're like that's the American dream. Like that's we. My family. We grew up. We started in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and then as people get money and Americanized, they move out to nicer towns. It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that's same a nice idea. sauce. But yeah. I felt very strange growing up because growing up. Kids in Connecticut would treat me like, oh, what are you, Italian? What are you, oh, all yeah, mobbed you up? tough guy. And then I go to Howard Beach where my cousins are, and they're like, what are you, Connecticut? You yeah, really? yeah. And I'm like, am I Italian or am I Connecticut? I don't know. I don't know. You know what that makes? A, a, a great comedian. comedian. Yeah. I had to say, I grew up inner city and then a farm, and both places I didn't, I didn't fit, fit in. in. Yeah, yeah. I, and it's funny because when my Connecticut friends t- say that I'm super Italian, I'm like, you don't know my cousin Tony. Like, you don't, yeah, yeah. You don't even know what Italian is. Like, you're yeah. like, I, I'm just a fucking. Everyone's got a Tony. I got an uncle I'm Tony. The, listen, I'm the faggy one in my family. Like, <laughs> Me I too. come from. Like, like my, my brother's probably killing an animal with we're, his hands right now. Act, we acting and yeah. shit. We taking acting. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, Peter, he's an artist. Oh. We don't know. <laughs> Let's hope for the best. He's, um, a, he's a little fuzzy, if you know what I mean, huh? <laughs> Um, yeah, so it, it all depends on what you're what you're around. But that this like it's funny watching this movie. I um, there's nothing that everyone in my family likes to do together. There's there's five there's six of us. Did I'm, you have car trips growing up? Not like this, and we definitely didn't, didn't all sing the same fucking song. There was oh there was not one God. thing that like my family was like that everybody was infuriating. Yeah, I couldn't but it, watch. I mean, that. I get it. I get why they would do it for a movie, but it's like it's funny. It's like. Well, they were showing he's annoying. That, yeah. that they, they even in the movie, it was conscious that the, the kids put their headphones on right after that. I, I love, I love when they, he's they like, hated it. I love when he's insistent on going like the world of mud because I remember this one time I was like in New Hampshire, I think, and New Hampshire's fucking it's far to get there. Oh yeah, and so we're from, driving from here, by the and way. all of us just want to get to like the ski resort because we're going to go skiing or something. And on the way there, my dad's like, "Nah, we're going to take the scenic route." And I'm like, Dad, no one wants to take the scenic route. And he goes, I know the scenic route, like the back of my hand. A four-hour drive became like an 11-hour drive. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Uh, 11 hours. We were in this fucking thing. car. And, and then like they would be like, oh, we're going to play like the, the Harry Potter book on tapes. And I know Harry Potter may be a good book and all, but when you're five, six years old, the last thing you want to no. hear is a fucking book on tape yeah. in middle of nowhere, New Hampshire. I don't yeah. remember taking road trips. I, I drove my grandparents to Florida a couple times. That's and a that road trip. That's, a, that, that's, a, that's two days, right? Yeah. They actually drove me to um, – so they would go – they would drive their Lincoln Town car to Fort Lauderdale and stay there all winter and then drive it back. And then it got to the point where my grandfather was too old to do that. So it was right around when I was visiting colleges. So they took me and I stopped at Georgetown, Duke, William & Mary, like all these schools on the East Coast on the drive down. And they, I literally rode with them all the way down to, to Florida. And then they got to a point where they just like we had to take the car away from them. So then I or my sister would drive the town car back and forth to Florida for them. 
but I don't like I family. We would go down to shore every year, and we would like we would relocate to our shore house, and that was a two hour drive, and that was a fucking nightmare with my family. I can't imagine being in the car longer. Yeah, I know. I remember I took some trips to the shores, uh, either with my family or like you know friends' family, like extended family. And uh, there was always, yeah, there was always drama or some, yeah, something just, came you know. up. And it's like a two-hour fucking drive. See, yeah. I'm jealous of the Griswolds because they just have two kids. That's so easy. I have, that was me and my brother, yeah. I have four like siblings. That. So on the car ride, there's like my mom and dad are trying to talk. My brother Anthony's in the backseat like interrupting like, hey, mom and dad. Because he always wanted to ask them questions and shit. They never wanted to talk to Anthony. Yeah. And then my brother oh my Frank God. is like silent. He's like a silent robot. He goes... Can everyone just be quiet? And I'm like, fuck you. Why are you, why are you making this, us be quiet? And he's I'm rocking like, back and forth. It, the noises, they make me upset. And I'm like, Frank, I just want to talk to you. Like, like when this car ride forever, can we like talk? Let's do like 20 questions or something. And so my, he's mad at me. And then my sister Rose is trying to dictate the radio from the backseat, like leaning over, trying to grab the fucking panels. And it just, that was my, what I just described. Hectic, yeah. Was my whole childhood. Yeah. And we, anywhere we drove, it was that. Anthony talking, Frank yelling at us for talking, me just trying to have Frank and Ann talk to me, but they didn't want to talk to me. It was just, it was a nightmare. You seem like the positive one, though, out of the <laughs> bunch. You're a very positive guy. But fun, it's hard to guy. talk when you're the youngest because everybody I else know. is what. I, I was always the youngest, too, in my. Nobody yeah. wants to listen to you. I was always second player on the video game console. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did your brother ever do this? My brother would play one player video games yep. and just tell me I'm the computer. Yes. I, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was uh, uh yeah. <laughs> I wasn't the nicest older brother. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make up for it now. Like me and my sister are, are been, have spent more time together the last couple of weeks than we have in 20 years. And Hell I was yeah. and I wasn't that nicer when we were growing up and now like I I think she's great. Like I love her like I like defer to her constantly. Like I li- like a way that I never would listen to her when we were kids. I'll be like what do you want to do? And then whatever she says I'm like cool. Was your relationship better or worse than the Griswold siblings? Um, they had a good relationship. They're, so that dynamic is, is very different. They're really not developed characters at all. When they're, when they're, I, I, thought, uh, I, don't, I, mean, I, I wish they would have fleshed them out more because I enjoyed both then, things. There was some weird, weird stuff that if, you do, if you're not paying attention, you don't catch it. But the 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 daughter when she's talking to the other fa- when you know when they go to the so they visit oh, their cousins yeah they visit their backwoods co- yes that yes. Well, hold on sorry so sorry, sorry. yeah no that is what it is but it's like. She's – they basically both like – the dude – the brother learns how to masturbate yep. when he's there and the girl – Learns about drugs. Learns about weed but also is talking to the other family daughter. So so let's set this up a little better. They're, they meet their cousins. In, in, they're like basically – In Kansas, hicks. right? Yeah, yeah, like straight hicks um, and they're like broke. They end up asking Chevy Chase for money. It's a whole thing. But so they have the same family configuration as the Griswolds. They have like the, the, the you know the the dad, the mom, and then the two you know the brother Son and sister, of, the yeah. two siblings. So the the sister, the little sister of the Hick family, has this weird interaction with uh, the sister from the Griswolds family, and uh, is saying she's like bragging about like oh I I French kiss I French kiss boys. And then the Griswolds girl goes, oh, everyone does that, whatever. And then she goes, yeah, my dad says I'm the best. Yeah. And it's like, what? That's a and then they joke. don't do any. No, I know it's a joke, but like, <laughs> I'm saying, like, but it's sh- she's like eight or whatever. No, they're like 15. Yeah, I'm 11. just saying, I don't, first of all, she's not 15. 
No, no, she's, she's, she's not. Thirteen, she, thirteen, maybe. maybe, dude. She's younger. She's younger than I the know, brother. She's, she's an eighth grade. She's younger than the brother. Yes. Oh, you're right. She's younger than the brother. It, she's well, like a 10, 11. Either way, you don't make that joke and get away with it now. Oh, of course not. But like, I mean, that's, I mean, are you brutal. saying National Lampoon's Vacation started the incest porn generation that we're no, in? No, no, I'm not. Well, uh, but but I'm all just, you got to do, Joe, you just watch those videos on mute, and then a lot you're of these, fine. a lot of these jokes I, I, are like I, I hate those. Videos. A lot of these jokes are like existential <laughs> <I love> fear. <laughs> yeah, I like having sex with my sister. Oh my god. <laughs> well, here's the thing: I don't have a sister, so I, I, those videos literally I, they don't phase me, and they're the, hot porn stars, so I don't care. The fantasy for you is having a sister. I don't I, even have one. I got, if I had one, maybe I'd fuck. Her. I, got, I don't know. I got tricked the other day. Into I, I don't porn. know. I don't know. Uh, this, I mean, small deviation. I got tricked the other day. I was watching a porno where a guy in a mask breaks into the house and like has sex with the girl he's breaking in the house to. Yeah. And then she rips the mask off mid-video. I'm talking like 20 minutes into the video. She rips the mask off and goes, Big Brother, it's you? Yeah. And it's like, this didn't have to be yeah. an incest porn. This could have just been this could have just been a burglary porn. So it was a burglary and incest it was, porn. Yeah. Like, this guy's great, man. This guy's going straight yeah. to heaven. What I was going to say is <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of the, a lot of the humor He's is... He's robbing his sister and then fucking her. It's a lot. <laughs> it was way too what? much. Talk about, like, vices, dude. You a lot of together. the humor in this movie is, like, the existential fear of, like, an upper middle class... White guy. Why is that? Because so, like, think about it. Go in the inner city. Inner city. That you're was you're gonna get wrapped. Yeah. And I love that he's trying to play it cool the whole time. Yeah. No. Well, this that, is because that's what a white guy would do. Yeah. And then I. I what does it say? Honky lips. They, they spray painted honky lips on the side <laughs> of the car. Hilarious. So then, then they go to the country, and like their fear is that these country people are basically like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and and this and the suburban city kids. They're right away, like kind of pulling rank with the country kids, and that. So the the joke is, is that the country kids are a lot more savvy, yeah. than the city kids. That the city kids are actually are actually sheltered and been protected, and the so the you know they're being introduced to bad stuff by their country cousins. The the girl cousin is uh that's Jane Krakowski, yeah, 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 yeah. which right. is fucking I'm, uh, like you know grew up in like as an actress, like amazing performer. But can I ask you and Randy question? Randy Quaid as the fucking oh Randy Quaid fucking so believable, funny. so funny. Who's Randy Quaid? So he's the he's the guy. What, I can't think of his name right now, he, but he's the he's he, the, the, the dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the dad. I I I didn't recognize him. I don't know. Uh, also younger than me in this movie. Can, can I ask by, you like, a question by, like, though? Ten years. Yeah, it's been it's I, it's killing me. How much money do they spend on this trip? Like, at the, at, when it's all said and done, I, get, a ton. He is five hundred to the brother. Yeah. He he. How much does he do? Five hundred whatever to the mechanic. Yeah. He gives yeah. How much does? He, oh, he, no. He five hundred. Yeah. I know it's five hundred to the mechanic. Five hundred to the brother. Yeah, that's uh, a thousand right there for motels. This thing. Yeah. yeah. But even gas, like all this stuff. Like even even buying the car. Like I remember being a kid. It was my father was like. My father's the kind of guy who thinks that everybody's trying to rip him off. And so, like, that, there's that, uh, that fear of, like, when you buy a car, they're going to rip you off. Of course. And so you, the movie even starts with that. Like, you, you can't even get the car right. Like, you're, you're just yeah, – yeah. The world, is, from the start. The world is just there to rob, rob you and take advantage of you. And in every turn, they get, they get screwed. Yeah. And so, like, the big, the big joke that it's building to is, of course, fucking Wally World. It's closed. It's closed when they get – And it, even, like, par- the parking lot being like, oh, we're going to be the first ones out with the parking It's, like, amazing – and again, another joke like the the music when they're when they're running through the Wally World parking lot. That's an homage to, to uh yeah um I can't think of what it's called me right neither. now. Me neither. 
It's a, it was a movie about it was about runners, in, a Chariots of Fire that yeah. won the Oscar like in 1980, and that's the that's like the theme music from that. And it's funny because everybody makes that homage now, and they have no idea what they even like. Yeah, referring. It's to. like people who think that Diddy invented that fucking police song, "Every Breath You Take." Yeah. Um. It's just it's just one of those things, but like, and then it's like every performer is like like John Candy is still like very early in his career. As he's a security so guard, good. amazing. He's the best. Of, uh, of I all love. Time. I love when he's like, that's just the BB gun, right? Like that's not. But he goes along with it anyway. He just sits back down in the fucking. Yeah. Oh, he gets shot in the ass. And then, but then he just sits back down, knowing that it's like chances are he could probably. Because even if it's a BB gun, you still don't want. I love that Chevy Chase goes. I still take an eye out with this because yeah. <laughs> it's true. You can't take an eye out with a fucking. BB it's, gun. I mean, it's clearly absurd. It's clearly, but it's. I mean, it's grounded in reality in a in a, in a lot. I, I think the the fear of. Being a a man with a family, and then everyone's out to to try to screw you like that is is grounded in reality. All the scenarios are clearly fucking absurd and ridiculous. Another example how I'm like um, Chevy Chase's character in this movie when he jumps in the pool and just starts yelling. I yell when I'm in cold water like that. That is something I've done. I would have woken up the whole motel. <laughs> I was I was trying to think. It's like how do you how do you turn this scene into a joke? Like what's the punchline of this scene? Yelling because it's cold is like I thought that was kind of a weak way. Yeah, it was so yeah, weak. Because yeah. so every because as the audience you're like fuck it. it's he's gonna get Brinkley, caught. Yeah. naked in the pool. What yeah. clearly it's a comedy, so it's not gonna he's not gonna bang her and live happily no. ever after. So is it's she like, even real? I guess she is technically real in the reality. Yes, of yes. course she's real. But like it seems like she was like well, like that. It was well, she not- has no impact on on the wife because the wife is basically Chevy Chase's slave. That was back when movie. women just stood, stood by. She's their her. Mind. His. She's her. No, sl- and yes, we, she is. But because Dude, of Christy, he he's in he's naked in the pool. Because of Christy, <laughs> I mean he's but bl- Chevy Chase on vacation. But Chevy Chase son, is the kind of guy that Rusty, can talk his way out son, of that son, scenario. Son, 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 uh, she's the pool waitress. The pool she was getting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's getting us fish. This is crazy. This is crazy. There's so many lines. I remember every that moment's relatable. I yeah. definitely had a this is crazy moment. I, the, there's so, there's so much in this movie. What's so many funny me? lines. <laughs> Um, Aunt Edna is uh, Imogene Coca, who was like a comedian from like the 30s and 40s. How do you know that? Because Peter's older than Chevy Chase. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> in this movie. And then, <laughs> Peter, and then, you're, you're so old. And, Miss, and Roy Wally is Eddie Bracken, who was another big comedy Wait, star Peter, from like the 40s. I feel a breeze coming. I hope you don't die from it. <laughs> <laughs> is it stiff? Just, <laughs> just strap me to the roof of the fucking station. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is she, 100 Peter, pounds? Peter just I, dies in the middle I, of this podcast. I lose it every time he says that line. What is she, 100? <laughs> just, yeah, he's, a, he's an inconsiderate it's his mom it's like his, she he calls her aunt edna and it's his mom why do we call her aunt edna wait it's whose mom it's chevy chase's mom they say it at the end of the film no it's no no yes, no they no. do they left it at her son's house they dropped her off at her son's house that's oh, another joke the other the joke oh, is they okay. don't I'm wait sorry. they don't wait for the son to come home and be like we've got bad news your mother's dead they just leave her on the front all right all right well, there, there, fine. He's still um, a bad. Guy. Oh, dude, the cop with the the leash, like that, like every every. That's James Keach. That's a serious actor. That scene I, is fucking amazing. That is an amazing scene. I, I love everything about it because the dog pisses on the sandwiches and yeah. the dog dies. And honestly, it got what it deserved. Yeah, yeah the they, dog was obviously a shitty dog, but that I love that the cop is like a hard ass, but he's just like an animal rights oh, lover. Yeah. <laughs> like he's he's so he's upset. Had, a, had a pooch like that. Also, probably, probably all gone for the first few minutes. 
What I love about watching this movie specifically is there's lots of jokes that are funny in this movie that couldn't be funny in movies in 2019. So when the dog pisses on the sandwiches and then the Aunt Agna looks at him and eats it, that joke is not funny anymore because that joke is so... But when you watch, when you're watching National Lampoon's Vacation, you're like... Oh, this is this is the origin. This is that's why I'm saying this is the peak of that. Because this like invented so much stuff that we just took for like. Think about what's happening at this time period in comedy. You have you have you have Bill Murray and Chevy Chase as rivals. I love that rivalry. They're both fucking top dogs, and they're fighting with each other over SNL. SNL can't even find one regular Asian person to put on the show that's not like gay making YouTube videos. And at this point, no. weird flex. I'm trying to get some controversy over here. Are we like, talking about bowing? Bowing? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I, I, that guy sucks. I wish I, I wish I could learn. I wish I could learn to make YouTube videos. Honestly, I, I, I what am I doing? Like being learning to be great at stand up because that clearly doesn't do anything. I'm going to say something about bowing right now. That guy is awesome. I met him once, and uh, I'm sorry. Well, and, I, I don't know. Him. I was kidding. I, I I was a PA on a show he was working on, and he was one of the only like lead actors. Who legit would get lunch with the staff, like fucking just talk to everybody. He was this. He thought you were the head of the Teamsters. Like he thought he was <laughs> needing to deal with you. <laughs> yeah, he thought he was speaking to to. to so, someone was like, challenged. someone was like, you see that guy over there? Be very nice to him because yeah, he's, yeah. he's got the power. You know, make, if you need something, if you need. No, like he even found out did comedy. He was like, oh, you do comedy. You must know so and so. Nice guy. No, I'm just, I'm just, but like literally, guy. I was kidding. I was. Then kidding. you have Eddie Murphy. You have John Candy. Is like, never heard of him. You have the John Candy is like the tenth. Like lead, you know what I mean? Like he has yeah. the, 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 one of the smallest mm-hmm. parts in this movie. You have comedy legends playing in one scene. This is all happening, in this, and then you have Harold Ramis, you have John Hughes, you have Ivan Reitman, you have all these guys behind the scenes. Jim Downey at SNL, like 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 the titans of comedy are all working together and kind of competing with one another. That's what I'm saying. Like this period in in American culture is like it's the peak. Of comedy and everything I get, comes I, out of I that. I think the peak of, of comedy in the mainstream, like like films and movies, definitely. I yeah. think stand up comedy got a lot better after the eighties. Well, I don't think stand up comedy will I think ever be good. Like twenty years later, thirty. I feel like yeah, 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 comedy, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. Well, no, not ever. I mean, there's some, there's some. Sets I feel that like stand up comedy is not timeless. It, it doesn't. No, age well. that's true. That's and true. also, in com- general, you're right. Stand up comedy is just meant for now. In general, and that's yes. why I love the Louis C.K. special is even called 2017. Yeah, because I don't know if that special is going to be good ever. But it's going to age was, well. Um, that was amazing in 2017. And, and that name ages so well because you're like, oh, that's when that special was. Yeah, so, exactly. like, and you also, don't think about it. We so. don't re- sometimes we don't think about like the, the windows that people have. Like Kinnison basically had like a two year window. Yeah, like Rodney was like a couple of years. Hedberg was like a year. Like, there's not a lot of longevity in a comedy career. Except and that's for why, a and, few. There's a few. Yeah, there's a few but George Carlin. That's why um, a lot of guys, they transition to become, like, sitcom stars yeah, or movie stars. Yeah. Because as a, as a stand-up, it's hard to really have – and, and look, look at, like, Ray Romano and Seinfeld. They basically took off, like, eight years, nine yeah. years, ten years of stand-up to, do, to become huge stars. And then now they're doing stand-up again. But, like, this idea of just – you're just – I mean, it's like it's like the running joke. Like you don't want to be a road dog for for thirty years. You know what I mean. You have to find other avenues. But my but, point being is that the uh, this is definitely the peak of like mainstream movie comedy. We're not talking about stand. Well, because comedy. at this time, because yeah. all, all this comedy came out of sketch. Yeah, exactly. All this com- exactly. There was a, a period of time when it was Second City, it's which then peak left SNL, SNL yeah. National Lampoons. This was all like right. fermenting and. 
and comedy is competitive, and it's the competition is Absolutely. good. These guys were trying to outdo one. That's re- the reason that fucking Bill Murray and Chevy Chase got in a fist fight in in the offices of SNL is because they were competitive with one with one another. I think comedy is supposed to be like you should it, it be inher- trying to outdo one. another. It inherently is. Yeah, there's a, always a funnier person. Yeah, it's just is what it is. Yeah, I, I totally. Uh, wow, see, sorry to bring the podcast to a screeching halt. Did I, did I offend yeah, someone? Did we like kill your dreams or something? What's going oh, on? Oh no, you no, just got real sad real fast. Oh no, I was just like I was like that, I was like t- agreeing. I was like, yeah, okay, oh, okay. Was, okay. I appreciate. I hope I didn't have a weird moment just now. You this definitely is the, did. This is the third time Alex has said something that really touched me, and then, <laughs> and then he looked at me like, what, "What's going on, weirdo?" And I don't know. I'm I, just listening. I, I didn't didn't feel feel feelings. Talk. I feel insecure when there's no response. I I, I, maybe Peter could respond. Now I feel yeah, like it's true. Like, you know, no, uh, but I think about that all the time because in like school growing up, I was like. Yeah. I feel like the funniest person. Yeah. And then when I'm in a room with comics, like right now, a table with you two, I'm like, oh God, like everyone's just as funny as me or funnier than me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, it's like, like, listen, like Harvard is every valedictorian from their high school. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, There's always course. another level. Everybody comes to New York because they were the talented person in their high school or one of the talented people in their high school. I, so I, that's just the way it is. But that, but the competition is like, it's what it should drive you if it does. I mean, I, 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 to be honest, I was kind of turned off at first by the when I when I went to like UCB for the first time. I'm like, there's not this many funny people in America. They all everyone thinks you're going to be Tina Fey in here, and it actually kind of turned me off how like the sort of like the business of comedy. It still does. I still don't like it. So, but as far yeah, because so the business doesn't make but every sense. Time, it's not America. So much of it's, comedy business is preying on vulnerable people who of, will give yeah, money to be like, yes. "You think I have talent? Here's my money." Yeah, I mean that's the, that's well, bringers just, how about, and everything. Yeah. Like, like people who are like, like all of the sex scandals are the same thing. People well, like the Harvey Weinstein's of the world. Like that's a lot of it's preying on people who are vulnerable. Because oh, anyone yeah. who wants to be an artist at some level, comedy singer. Because we, we Whatever, need validation from we're others. We're fucking vulnerable as hell. We're like, we want to put ourselves out there to people, and that's why yeah. we'll pay UCB $450 to do an improv class. Yeah. And then you meet the people who are I won't. the consumers of comedy, and they don't even get it. I've given UCB so much. Well, like, they don't care, and they shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, it's not Comedy's not this amazing, uh, like, or it, it is an amazing thing, but it's not this, like, you know, it shouldn't be this, like, like, religious like devotion i mean i get that audiences don't care they shouldn't i think comics do a a, a little too much complaining about like oh yeah people not understanding because it's like yeah they shouldn't they're not fucking comics i've I've been there's there's like you know like stop getting mad at the audience every show there's a there's a headliner i I wonder if there was any backlash from vacation when vacation first came out definitely not right no No, people were so like i think it was i mean it was a huge huge People love this kind of stuff, and I mean, it's still like great, even but... like like. Do, do you think it's problematic the way he he chooses the black cop to be like get on the ground and be a dog? First of all, yes, yes, totally. And, and, but but here's the thing: problematic in what sense? Problematic because of like what people will people will respond to it and say it's problematic and make a big deal out of it. But isn't it even more problematic that it's, I'm like it's thinking... not? To, I don't subscribe to if you see something in art, you're going to be directly influenced by it and live your life that way. I don't understand yeah, why people black think cops that. like dogs, Alex. Well, like why can't why? What if what if I'm watching like a crime movie or like a like a movie on like a serial killer and this and and he's the protagonist and he's raping a woman? Why is that okay? I'm not going to go like why? I'm not saying like. It, it could be seen as a great performance as an actor, right? Like, and it should, it should be. 
you, I'm not going to rape someone because I saw a oh, movie yeah, about it. Yeah. And, and the guy did a good job portraying maybe at times a likable character or something like, you know, a, yeah. a, an ambiguously moral character. And then he does some terrible thing. I mean, like that's art. Art could be subjective. Like, I don't get why if, if I, if you show a racist thing or whatever, you show a remnant of an old time where it wasn't, where, where, where words like problematic weren't even in the cultural lexicon. Like it's not going to, I don't think it made anyone in the eighties more racist even though there are some stuff yeah. in this movie that's obviously like insensitive. I mean, he's clearly race, he clearly uh, treats the John Candy character worse. Right. I mean, like that's John true. Candy got the worst end of the stick as far as a character, but it, it did make me cringe a little bit. I was like, oh, he's treating oh, like yeah. a black cop oh. as a as a dog. Oh, that's also, really also, what made me cringe is like his their idea of like going to the ghetto, and then like some of their ideas of what black people are. So they had like a few. Like ensemble cast members that were just the black guys. Uh, it, he has it, when one they of the best the, lines of the movie. Yeah, he, where he, you going? He said, "Yeah, you want to take a left down there, and then you'll see my cousin Ron. And then you ask him for directions." He goes, "Why not you?" He goes, "I don't live around here." Shit, like I love that line. Yeah, well, that, that, he goes, different. "I'm from the I'm from the north suburb or the west side of Chicago." Chicago yeah. yeah, no, but like uh, the first guy when he pulls up, he goes, "I'm from out of town." He goes, "Fuck your mother," or whatever. It's like the guys where it has a cane and a pin pad. It's like not all black people are. The funny like, thing is, this, I I drove through the west side of Chicago, and it was the scariest drive of everything oh i'm not saying that black neighborhoods aren't scary I mean, my that, dad is the true. king my dad when when gps's first came out remember the first time gps's had like the fast route the fastest route possible yeah uh, and my dad had that and he was like we're gonna use this for every car ride and we would go to like the worst dangerous neighborhoods i remember one time we were like going down the most dangerous street in philadelphia and he was like it's the fastest way and my mom's like Oh God! What locked the doors? I'm freaking out. <laughs> I did that a few times. I, when I was living in Chicago, I wanted to go out to I can't think of the name of it right now. But there's a, there's a suburb on the west of Chicago, which is where Frank Lloyd Wright and Ernest Hemingway are from, and they have like Frank Lloyd Wright houses. And I was like, oh, I'll just drive local road. Like it's literally a straight line, but the directions tell you to take the highway. And I was like, oh fuck this! I'm just gonna go straight. And if, and at one point, I'm at a stoplight, and somebody threw a forty bottle over the hood of my car mm-hmm. to the other, and just cra- you know cracked it on the on the opposite curb. So I was like, oh, that's why they tell you to take the highway. Um, My dad was not having that. He was like, fastest way, always. Yeah, I did, one time I was going to see – this was like how New York has changed. I was going to see so, – I was going to stay at somebody's apartment on the Upper West Side, and they gave me directions. And I was like, oh, I'll just go down this block. And there was actually like a scary block on the Upper West Side, which this, you're talking like 98, 99. That was like the, the last time – Anybody was scared to be on the Upper West Side. Like, there's no more dangerous blocks on the Upper West Side. I forget where it was. I used to work for the New York Post, and it was my job to, like, get quotes from people. And they would just send me, like, oh, there's a story that happened, like, the Lower East Side. Go get quotes from people down there. Wait, were you, were you like, a stringer? What was uh, – I you was doing? a field reporter. What a weird way to, to tell people that you were a reporter for the New York – my job was to get quotes from people? Yeah. Uh, so, anyways um, – <laughs> Hold on. I, I just real quick because this is like there's something about you, Joey. Yeah, yeah. That there's a clear way. There's a way to make yourself clear to people. Yeah. And then there's the way that you describe things. Yeah, it's not that's different. It's not clear. Do you find yourself where in scenarios where people don't understand where you're coming from? All the time. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Constantly. I think you are. You are clearly a sweet person, and you are oh, clearly. Yeah. You're Half cl- of my conversation with Alex Bashara is just him like puzzle piecing <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. I think true. it's fascinating. It's almost like a it's almost <laughs> like a like a type of I don't even it's like a it's like a speech pattern where you're you're like substituting the words that people understand for other words. Like I don't, <laughs> So you were 
If somebody asked me <laughs> yeah. about a job that I had, I, I would have said, oh, I was working for the New York Post. I was like I was like a junior reporter. I was a stringer. Yeah, that's what it was, junior field reporter. Yeah, so okay. So that's a, <laughs> that's a way they – if you want to be clear and have the audience understand what you're saying, that's the way. Yeah, All right, just, let's you make yourself sound like you were just Attention podcast listeners. Do you know what a stringer – I was a junior field reporter you know for the New York Post. Do you know what a stringer Post is? Very good. In the summer of 2015. Do you know what a stringer is? I've never heard of that. So stringer is like, I actually was a stringer. So a stringer is, a, it's like an old-timey newspaper. Yeah, my mom told me not to hang out with people who go by stringers. It's just yeah. not a... Uh... Oh, really? Is that real? No, I know the oh, fuck okay. a stringer is. Yeah, you no. keep, just keep... Uh, so it's like... A, it's, <laughs> it's not interesting It's an old-timey, <laughs> it's an old-timey, like, newspaper term for, like, a young person who's, like, just starting out, like, you know, writing stories for the newspaper. You just sound like a but 1940s like, New York City podcast. My, <laughs> I was, that's the next one. Peter, Peter wants to be older than he is. I, I was Peter, born, were you ever in Newsies? No. I, sometimes I think I was born in the wrong decade or the wrong century. Like I could have been 1940s, but I also could have been like 1880s. I'm with you on the century, I, except it, it would be awful, but I'd love to be like a super wealthy person from like well, the 1800s. Yeah. Alex, I disagree. I feel like you're like a futuristic person. I feel like you were meant to be like with like robots and shit. Like you just seem what you, like- Whoa, what do you mean? You just seem like you're like in tune with like, like a technology. Ha- like a hacker in like a in a science fiction movie. I would I'm so- not a hacker. Right? You look like a hacker. You have the oh, beanie and the thing. glasses and the, the weird, I don't know how to describe those shoes, but you just have the hacker vibes. Like you just feel very- Futury to me. Futury. Yeah, doesn't. Am I wrong? I don't understand. I, I guess I don't. I don't really get it. But yeah, okay. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, like, is this a my job used no. to be to get quotes from. You mean you interviewed people for <laughs> yeah. newspaper stories? Yeah. That's, why do you make your job sound like you were just some guy when it was a good job? I just. What just happened like, too? Why? Why did you leave that job? Uh, I. Uh, I just wasn't for me. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really like it that much. Yeah, uh, I got you. Okay, but uh, anyway, you were say something like crazier, like you got fired for like you pants. No, it was, the, it was just a summer job. It was like the contract was only for like four months. Okay, it, it, yeah, I was in college. I was trying out like new stuff every summer. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was I dig it. Finding finding myself, mm. but uh, I had this one boss who was kind of a psychopath, and like he like didn't like me, and so one day he was like, "I feel like scaring you today." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, we have this story. I feel where it was. It was like in the hundred fifties or sixties. It was like somewhere deep." And he was like, I want you to go there. This is like what we call like heroin row or something. I don't know. He said something like druggy like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's not going to be that bad. And I walked in. It was 2 p.m. like on a Tuesday. And it was the most scariest thing I've ever witnessed. Just there was just people openly just smoking crack. Like I felt like it was like the fucking 80s. I was like, what? This is happening in 2015? Yeah. yeah. And do you know what I'm talking about? There's like I mean, yeah. If you no. go all the way up there, if you go to like the high hundreds, it gets real Dude, dicey. there's these pockets, man. Yeah. Where... Where, like, New I, York used to be like that. I felt like everywhere. everybody was going to try and rob me. Like, and it yeah. was clear that I walked in wearing like, my reporter suit. Like, I, looked, yeah, yeah, I had my briefcase. 125th and Lex is pretty rough. That's not even that no, bad No, that's anymore. not even that bad. I go there all – there's a Whole there's Foods there. Zombies. Yeah. yeah, but they're, no, it, not right there. there. It's close to there, but like right at 125th and Lex, there's like literally – like well, that's because the train the station's yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, you go up to the. You go up to compared to where I'm talking. If you go up to where like the Manhattan Bronx border is, that that's gets real I was. dicey. Yeah. Like right around Yankee Stadium is not nice. But dude. dude, I felt like I was this presence that like I felt like the whole neighborhood knew I was. You were there. an outsider. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, they, were, they, were, they did know. Yeah, they were like, oh yeah, they could hear your voice. They heard, <laughs> they heard you. And it was my job. They're like, what's everyone looking at? Like, yo, was this Sesame Street, motherfucker? Wait, wait, wait. This is the story though. The story was. This guy broke in a liquor store after yeah. like after hours, and he went to because uh, he was an alcoholic. He wasn't like, there for money. He wanted like liquor, and he went in the freezer, 
and when he walked in the freezer, the freezer locked. Oh no! And so he got stuck. No way! In a, yeah, in a freezer. No way! And then, um, and then, uh, this is all online. You can, like go to my. I, have a, I think my black guy. Uh, I forget, but um, you forgot? Yeah, I, I I was. He doesn't see color. Oh, I forgot. My job wasn't to interview those guys. My job was to interview people around the neighborhood. And, and be like, like, oh, let's get like, a quote. Hey, what do you think? What about, do you think? Yeah. What do you think about this guy who broke in? And like, what happened yeah. to the guy? Uh, so th- this is what happened. Uh, the guys who worked there when it was time to like open the store up, they went to go in the freezer, and this guy is just. Like, oh, he was still alive. He was alive, froze. I think have hypothermia. Oh yeah. This is the craziest part. He had like a broken liquor bottle, and was still trying to fight his way out yeah. to like get the money and alcohol. Like he's still trying to do his job. Like ten hours later, he's like uh, shaking and like trying to. And the guy just like totally let him like hit himself in the wall. And then, like, I think like he couldn't get far. And the cops came and arrested him. But this guy was still trying to accomplish the job to steal the liquor. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Interesting. That's an interesting story. I don't know how he got there. So uh, you know, Joey. Joey. Um, I'm going to give Joey a, a homework assignment. This is going to be the, fir- this is gonna be the first. Be? This is the first time I'm giving a guest homework assignment. I don't think it is actually. You've given me homework. I think. Um, I I had this too. Tell us, Dad. When you oh, when you get when you get excited, you get ahead of yourself, <laughs> and so it's hard to your your excitement takes over. It's good. That's good. That's part of his voice. I, I have this too. So I think I my guess, and I don't know you that well. I don't know you as well as Alex does, but I do. I, I've had interact with you. I think you are very talented, and I think you have a lot that you. Want. No, I, I'm, I'm not being. I'm not bullshitting. I think that you. Um, I don't think you have to, you know, think of new crazy scenarios, or I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with a fucking. New YouTube, blah blah blah, whatever, whatever the people think that they have to do to like make it or be great. I think if you if you just work on like clarity and and actually relaxing and and calming, finding a way to to be calm when well, you, when you're sharing your art, you will be clearer and with what you already have, yeah, 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 what, yeah. what you've already done. You will find a way to take that to the next level and connect with people. Yeah, I, th- I think he's right. I think. Yeah, that- I agree. I, I definitely don't do any of that on stage, though. I definitely don't. I, I, on stage, I, I definitely keep all that energy. Well, well, you have. Well, well, I think when you have a script, almost or not even a script, but like when you have what you want to say, you. Uh, I mean, like I've seen you be very clear and concise with this sort of energy that you naturally have, which is like, like, like the one man shows you do are. You know what you have to say, yeah, and it's very yeah. there's there's a clear arc, and that's really enjoyable to watch. Just having a conversation with you is is sometimes it's hard. No, <laughs> it, I, it really I, is. I, I don't even. I don't even. But, mean but, that. I don't. It's not. I'm not saying that it's it's hard. like I don't. I don't understand. I'm saying that I think I'm that you, saying that I <laughs> I think you. I know that's what I'm saying. You're piecing the puzzles together. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm not, even, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying that I can see that you have untapped potential, and uh, I think for you, the way to tap the potential is not like I gotta write something new. Yeah, this is where the I comedy gotta, scam comes in. He goes, so if you take my talking uh, class, hundred fifty dollars. I think my you talking could, class. <laughs> I think you take what you already have and just work on like relaxation and commute and. Connecting with audience and and taking what you already have and, and finding a way to really get people to understand, you will you will get to another level. Cool. I'm saying I'm saying that no, you, like you, you already have. I, I'm saying no. You, I, I, I I'm I saying you have it. this. Some people have to figure out how to make something that's interesting. 
and that's the hard. I think you ha- you are interesting. So I, I, you're, hit the, you're, I, I hit the one and a half button on the podcast app. So you're uh, think, you're <laughs> think, you're <laughs> think, he's saying he's bored, dude. No, <laughs> no, uh, no. One you're bored with button. what I'm saying? Oh, to speed it up? Yeah, no, speed yeah, me up because I'm talking. Oh, that's what you said. That's oh no, I'm saying the half, the half, the, the one that's See, slow. You're not being clear right now. This is <laughs> I thought your joke was funnier the mean way. No, <laughs> I'm saying I got hit. The, you thought he was shitting on me? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm saying I got hit the half button because when I talk, so I can. Because I'm talking too fast. So oh, I got hit the half I you meant, uh, Right now, I'm turning on the one and a half button because this shit's boring. That's what I thought you meant. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, a wise one. I know there's nothing but. There's nothing but love, and I appreciate that from you. Yeah, yeah I mean, you and Peter are very similar. You tell stories. I want you're a good storyteller. I know we we bumped into each other at the at most the at the yeah. lamest story, not lamest, but the, the most self indulgent. <sighs> well, Peter won them. Didn't you win? I won once. Yeah, a couple uh, last year. I gotta go back. I I, I want it. I don't. I like I like the moth. It's. You have to pay for the dollars. It's all a scam. It's it's a it's three hundred dollars. No, fifteen dollars. Oh, it was well. ten. And now it's 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 a phenomenon right now. There's a lot of people who are really into storytelling. It's basically a, an open mic, and the whole scoring of the stories is very. I don't. I don't. Who are these people that are judging my? Yeah, story? I don't like That's that. Why, and, and, and at this point, like I, I did it. I won it. It was a great experience. I got to do like the Grand Slam, which is like their curated event. That's at the, cool. The Hall of Windsor. That was great. But like to go there and like to do my story, and to have some I don't even people I don't know like six out of scoring ten scoring me like a figure skater I just don't I would rather I would rather just work on my stories yeah do you know what I mean like I don't need I don't need the infrastructure of the mall oh and I hate to that. do what I'm doing and if we found out you did the story somewhere else blasphemy yeah. it's like I can't tell a story I've told before to you guys how are they even gonna that's they ridiculous. want like a, they want like a new story every time but it's weird because it's it's a it's like a phenom- like there's hundreds of people that go every week to moth events just in New York City alone and it's happening around now it's all over America I've never, I've never been I, I, that's so not for me it can be I mean it's it's it's, it's oh no you, you would hate yourself out. Uh, like, yeah it's a lot it seems of, terrible it's a lot of female empowerment uh, Ari Shafir is on a podcast talking about this and he just shed it on the whole thing yeah it's a lot of um I do like it. You're gonna see me there again, probably. It's a lot of like, and, and then I learned to stand up to the lunch lady, and that's how I became a woman. And everyone's like, "Yeah!" And I did, like, I might, I had a, I brought a friend with me. He goes, he goes, because I told a story about being a carny, and he goes, he goes, your story is not about like what a great guy you are. It's like a, it's a story about a dark thing that is part of your past, and that's why the other girl won because the other one was like, "Oh my god!" And then, what do you mean you used to be a carny? Uh, is that at, like a guy at, at the carnivals? Who yeah, like- well, at the, at the Jersey Shore. Uh, oh, at the in, boardwalk! At the boardwalk! I, oh shit! I used, you know the game where you throw the dart and pop the balloon? Yeah. From fourteen to nineteen, I used to run one of those games. Did you host it and like talk? I was the guy in the booth. I was the, so hey. the guy, the guy who, the guy who trained me. Yeah. Troy was an actual carny that ran away from home in Wisconsin. Was on the road for years, and someone said, "Hey, if you go to the Jersey Shore, like you don't have to travel anymore. Like there's a carnival that doesn't go anywhere." And that guy, I was fourteen, and he was training me basically how to. How to con people out of out of their money for stuff? Oh yeah, you've, you've, you've told the story. So I told the story about it, and it's like it's not something where I was like, you know, it's not something that I was proud of that I did, but it was a it's a good story, and it was a, a real story about myself. And it's like I I did uh, I did well, but it wasn't you know, but the story that won was like literally like, and then I stu- like I stood up to the lunch lady and told her, no, I'm a person too. It's like, and everyone's like, yeah, I'm just like, this yeah, is clearly not my my scene. favorite stories at the malls is when. They're just funny, and there's and the, there's no full moral. Which they don't, they don't like. They don't like that. If you do like, if you're like they they when I won, and then I had to like talk to the director about doing the like the grand sum event. They're like, you know, we don't really like. We're always nervous when we have comedians, 
And I'm like, I get it because it's like if you're not doing a story and you're just doing bits. No, no, I it like doesn't funny work stories. in that environment. I love funny stories, but like it doesn't need to be like, as you said, like I became a woman that day. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah. Why can't it just be like that's the time I uh, stole money from my friend and yeah. got away with it? <laughs> Because I'm a douchebag, <laughs> but, that's, but that's but that's a good that's a good story. It but is if funny. you're if you want to be judged by the people who go to these events, that's what that's what it is. We definitely got sidetracked there. Well, I think uh, I think that no, yeah. are we two hours in? No. no, we're one hour in. But I I do think it 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 ties into what um, Joey's about to do because you you are doing a what is it a second? Is this your second one man show coming? Up? Yeah, I'm doing my second one man show. It's called Picture Everybody Naked. And it's just a collection of embarrassing stories because I feel like I kind of how I touched on this podcast. I just do a lot of things that will be like the next day I wake up. I'm like, why the fuck did I think that was a good idea? And I just totally embarrassed myself. And I'm like, I got to just talk about this on stage. It's like almost like therapy for me. Yeah. And talking about these embarrassing stories has just helped me a lot in my life. And now I just made a show. Where I just tell my embarrassing stories. And, uh, and so when are you uh, You're doing that in New York, right? Yeah, I'm doing Do you have the date yet? I'm doing a premiere sh- uh, show On November 20th At Under St. Mark's Nice and then I'm doing, Under like, St. Mark's Theater, right? Under St. Mark's Theater And then I'm doing two film shows Where I'm like taping it At uh, the Crane Theater On November 30th And December 1st So I Awesome I did a one-man show And actually the reason I started going to the Moth Is because I was like Alright, if I'm going to do my one-man show I might as well check out what, What's going on here What Did you Do you have a script that you submit or did you like just rent the theater space? Like, how does that part work? Uh, so uh, the first time I did it at the pit, I just like I told them like, "Hey, I have this show," and they're like, "It was very simple. They set it up for me, and I taped that, and then I used the taping of that one man show to send it to other theaters, being like, "Hey, I've done this one man show, and I want to oh, okay. do another one." Uh, it came out really good. The the I was at the yeah, first one. It yeah. was really good. I helped. I, I think I helped do the audio. audio I'm gonna yeah. help do the audio. And you said so you sent like a ten minute clip or something like no, that. No, I sent the full had, one man. Oh, show. you sent the whole full thing. man. And, and you had multiple camera angles. It yeah. looked great. Thank dude. you. Yeah. And, uh, and so I sent it. It to was really theater. good. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah. And and then I sent it to another theater, and uh, the crane uh, was the first one that responded. Like, yeah, we we like. That's this. a great Let's, theater too. And, and I don't think I've ever been to the Crane Theater. It's above New York Comedy Club on Fourth Street, where yeah. the old Eastville used to be. Oh, I have been in that space. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so now I'm uh, trying to get that show going. Yeah, no, man. I mean, it's gonna be great. Um, yeah, no, Joe, you're a very uh, ambitious guy. Like, we did a sketch together. That's coming out, by okay. the way. It is. We haven't forgotten about you, but it's almost like we haven't built enough content, and we like to like release stuff. Yeah, not some worries. With a lot of fun. content, we did. A, we spent a day doing doing a sketch, but then we also like. You got me like on the street one time, on uh, off of off of McDougal Street where you were doing something. Was that you? That was Dean. Was that Dean? That was I get, Dean. I get yeah. you guys confused that, all the that, time. That was Dean's. That was Dean's holes in socks. Yeah. Was it Dean? Yeah, yeah that video was on Dean. YouTube. It's mad funny. You're hilarious. On yeah, you you steal the show in that one. I I'm that's sorry, Dean. dude. I could. I, it's okay. They're like love, the same age and they're friends. You're, the, yeah. you're basically the same person. No, they're uh, not. No, you're different Muppets. But uh, Joey's D- way Dean's more. Kind of, Dean's kind of a Muppet too, though. Dean, Dean is, is but he's 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 he's. Dean, Dean's got emotional problems. <laughs> I love Dean, but he's a he, he's a wreck in terms of. We love Dean. Shouts out! I love you, Dean. Dean but like Joey's so positive and fun. And yeah, look at yin and yang, Dean and I. Yeah, you are yin and yang. Yes, absolutely. That's dope, man. Good for you. Yeah, man, you're, you're, you're you. hustling. You're doing. You're doing your thing. Peter, what do you? You got to promote your show, man. Yeah, it's coming. I can't believe how soon it is. November eighth, headliner. Uh, hey, L- 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 comedy club dropping a hot, spicy forty-five yeah. minutes. I'm bringing Lynette Palladino and Andre Kim with me, who've both been on this podcast. Um, I think. I mean, 
I, I think a lot of people are going to come. I think it's going to be a great show. I'm excited. I've you been, don't even sound nervous. That's great. Dude. No, I'm not because I've been I've been working. I like. Oh, I'm, I wouldn't. I, I I'm not saying you should or, or. No, it's it's. I'd be more nervous for the turnout, but it sounds like you you I, you're going to get a good turnout. I was nervous, and then yeah. I, I've heard random people being like, "Oh, we're, we're, coming. we're coming, great." But then also, it's funny because Andre Kim took me to a private. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah, it happened to yeah, be in yeah. the same town. private gig. Yeah, and that show went. That was one of the most fun shows I've ever done. It's awesome. Where was it? It was in Middlesex Township, New Jersey, which is not too far from Rutgers. And so the, the and your your headlining the, the bar headline is the same. Is like down the street from where we just did this private. And a lot of those people are like, "Oh, we're gonna like we go to that place every week." It's like hell lo- yeah, and we're gonna come. And in fact, one one lady was like, oh, "I I saw the poster when I was in there." So I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be dope." Like I have a I have yeah. a good feeling. It sounds good. I you know like and I was in Long Island last night like. Long Island, Jersey audiences, like, they're good audiences. Yeah, like, the they want to laugh. They're, like, they're comedy savvy. Like, they know how to act. Sometimes you get people get mouthy, and, like, we had, there was a lady last night that I was going to And what I love about New face. Jersey and Long Island are just most places that's not New York. I feel like in New York, you're trying to get their attention. Yeah, they're, they're happy like, that you're there. Yeah, because in New York, they're like, we could do the comedy show. Maybe we yeah. can go and get tapas somewhere else. Maybe go, like, I see a band later. Yeah, no. Like, we're just one of their stops along the yeah. night. When you're in Jersey, Long Island, it's like you are the event. Yeah, that's they're, the, they're happy. They like have I entertainment. I did a show in Connecticut, and it was awesome because they were just that was their night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's it's different. They're much more enthusiastic, but they're they're enthusiastic, but they know how to act. They've been they they watch comedy. They're into comedy. They're not completely like what what's going to happen now. Where I've seen audiences like that where they literally they look at you stone faced because they literally don't know how to com- how a comedy show works. Like they they think they're being respectful by being quiet. Like it's like no, I need I need some response. From you guys, so no, I, I was nervous about it, but now I'm like, no, we're gonna, we're fucking doing this. It's gonna be fucking great. So I'm excited. I've been I've been working on doing longer and longer sets. So. Is that gonna be a car ride? How how long is the car ride? Uh no, it's only like it's like an hour outside the city. All right, well, don't get into any hijinkses along uh, the with way. With me, Lynette, that, I mean, you got an Asian guy, a, a, a woman who's a mom, and an an army officer. Already more diverse me, than family in vacation. Car, in a car, <laughs> in a car together, traveling to a gig, that would make for a good uh, a good sketch. But yeah, no, I'm super excited about that. And I'm excited about Kill You Last. I think we're fucking kicking ass too. Yeah, oh, yeah. thank you. Oh, uh, getting a lot of like feedback from people, like random yeah. people being like, "Hey, I love the podcast." We got a, we got some good feedback on the Joker episode. I already got uh, that. Just came out. Like, I, yesterday. I read a review and somebody said you have a sexy voice, Peter. Did you see that? Oh, that's a, no, he, that's a joke. He, that's a guy I know. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, is that newer? Or no, I haven't seen that one. I was like, Dip. by the way, can you review this podcast, please? Because we know there's people out there that listen, and we our reviews are lacking right now. Yeah, we, we need and reviews. Just, yeah, the ratings and reviews really helps us, and, and not just the star. You got to like star and write. It, it sucks. I hate writing reviews, but please, it helps us out so much. So please, and if you're yeah. if you are listening from somewhere that's not like the New York, New Jersey area, would be curious to hear from you guys too, just to hear. Oh yeah, we've heard found, from some of those people. But like, like how you found us? Like, what do you think? There's a lot of people like we've getting downloads and like yeah, if you Saudi love Arabia, Russia, they'll come. They'll come to Russia and do oh, a dude, live I show. Will fucking, I will be there in a minute. I want to meet with Putin. I think the, the, the pockets um, that we've gotten, we've gotten a lot of Australian downloads, which yeah. it makes sense as a big podcast market in Australia. Yeah, so I'm, UK, Ireland. We'd love to hear from yeah. you guys. Yeah, what you guys you think. actually do like an international live podcast tour. Yeah, I think we could, we we wouldn't be able to fill out a room here. So I think yeah. we gotta we gotta we gotta figure that out. If we took but, if we took the <laughs> every fan from every country and put them in one room. Oh, one time. Yeah, yeah, you guys are killing in Dublin right now. We are. We actually are. (laughs) We're doing pretty good in Ireland, actually. Um, I don't know why. Either way, uh, our New York Comedy Festival. I'm going to be on a show in the New York Comedy Festival, uh, November sixth. 
It's uh, Weepathon, uh, produced by Chloe LeBranch and Sarah Armour, two good buddies of mine. And the lineup is amazing. If you guys like comedy, I'm trying to find the lineup right here. Just some of the people on this show. Um, okay, got to zoom in here. Sam Morrill, Shane Gillis, Anthony DeVito, Abby Rosenquist, Ian Fidance. Anthony DeVito, uh, your, uh, your twin. Yeah. <laughs> people say that or Sean Patton. For me, um, you like you like that awkward like fuck up baby. Though. Yeah, you yeah. Don't talk in between, about. wait, yeah. <laughs> Remy Casimir, Napoleon Emil, Julio Gallerati, uh, Danny Palmer, myself, Ben DeMarco, Karen Margolis, Karen Fian. A lot of people. It's like it's it's a marathon show. It's going from like seven to eleven. I was about on to November say, how 6th. long is the show going to be? It's it's a marathon. It's from seven to eleven. But I think it's just past the mic, back to back to back to back. It's gonna be fun. Uh, it's at the Gray Lady at 7 p.m. Tickets are $10 near Comedy Festival. And then also, uh, um, I'm going to be in Atlantic City featuring uh, on High Roller November 8th and 9th that weekend. So November 8th and 9th at the Claridge. It's called the Atlantic City Comedy Club. You can go to AtlanticCityComedyClub.com for tickets. Yeah. Dope. All right, guys. It's been another one. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks and for another one. Another one. Bye. Oh.